a very good morning to all of you. Today I feel like the prodigal son who after five months of absence have for the very first time in that period since the lockdown returned into this house. It was quite an emotional experience for me to get back into this house. But we thank God even in this new normal. This new normal has helped us to to understand that you and me are the church. The church is not in the building. And we have gone back to be like the church of Acts, which was the church in the house. So we used to meet in the house there. So we are thankful even for this time. We are also thankful to God for taking us and ushering us into this spring season. Thanks to climate change, we can no longer have clearly defined seasons. The difference between the seasons has been matched up. The transition from winter to, to spring is not so clear. But we are thankful that he has kept us alive even for such a time as this. We are thankful also that the God who took us from January to September is the God, same God who kept us alive from hard lockdown to all the way to level two. It was not because of our wisdom and our expertise in social distancing and sanitizing and all those wonderful things, but it was his grace which kept us alive because we still have work to do. So we are very thankful for entering into this spring season in his presence. And we are thankful that we can remain in touch as a family of God with all of us, even through our phones, our computers, our laptops, and our televisions. Thank you so much. For the purpose of today, <clears throat> the, the topic uh, uh, for this message will be called Maintaining Your Joy in Difficult Times. Maintaining Your Joy in difficult times. The main scripture text for this message is Habakkuk 3 from verse 17 to 19. Please, uh, you can pick up your Bibles wherever they are located and then you can follow together even as I read. I am going to read from an NIV version, which is one of my favorite versions. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. Though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stores. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. I will read again, just for emphasis. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stores, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer and he enables me to tread on the heights. 
we can close our eyes and pray. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for permitting an ordinary vessel of clay like myself to be able to handle this good news, this gospel, this word of truth, and break bread with my family so that we will be able to be edified and to grow in the knowledge and wisdom of your God. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity. Help me to humble myself and let you, Lord Jesus, be elevated. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Most of us, we have what we call circumstantial joy. Circumstantial joy comes from, I'll be happy when this happens. I'll be happy when COVID ends. I'll be happy when we can get to level one and we can do all those things we have not been permitted to do while we were under level five to two. I'll be happy when I buy a car, when I buy my dream car. I'll be happy when I buy my dream house. I'll be happy when I marry the woman or the husband of my dreams. I'll be happy when I graduate. I'll be happy when I achieve all the things that I've planned. As a result of that, we are constantly postponing our happiness to a proper location in the future, which is still to happen. Some of us are happy in specific geographical areas. We say, I'll be happy when I go to holiday, when I'm able to go to holiday in Mauritius. I'll be happy now that there's a, an opening of the season. I'll be happy when I can go and sit in front of the beach in Cape Town. I'll be happy when I go to KZN and surf along the beach and so on. So again, we are locating our happiness and joy at a specific geographical location. Some of us also say, especially for us who are now above the 50s now, we start to talk about, I'll be happy when I retire. I'll be happy when I can stop all this hustle and bustle in the concrete jungle. I can sit in front of a rocking chair and enjoy the sunset. So, in other words, we are postponing our joy to a, a, a future venue when we retire. And those who have retired, sometimes we say, I'll be happy when I reach heaven. So, we are postponing our, our joy to a time when we depart from these mortal bodies. But that is not what God expects us to do. We must become like Habakkuk. Habakkuk was not rejoicing that his circumstances were bad. He was rejoicing in God who was his strength, who enabled him to walk unbowed by circumstances. He says from verse 18, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. It is God who gives us a spring in our feet. When we walk around, we, we must not walk around with our heads bowed. Sometimes we think it's humility. No. We walk up with our shoulders up with our heads held up because we are children of the Most High God. What we give, gives us a spring in our feet is what he has done in our life. Uh, 
our, our faith is a greater worth than God. If we look in the book of 1 Peter 6 to 7, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer griefs in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven, so that the proven genuineness of your faith of a greater worth than God, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Our faith is equated, it is given a better value than God. Most of us, all our lives, we are chasing God, we are chasing money. Most of 24-7, that we spend most of our time doing. But our faith is a greater value than God. He says, God, to get to God, when it is mined in the depths of the mines of Johannesburg, it has to go through a refining process, which involves heat. So even our own faith has to constantly go through a refining process. Perhaps COVID-19 was a refining process for our faith, because all the things we planned, we thought we were going to do, didn't happen in, in 2020. We have spent most of our time just trying to stay alive. So it has given us a perspective to go back, reflect, and continue to build on our faith, which is of a greater value than God. He is the God of our, my salvation. Micah 7, verse 7 says, But as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the Lord of my salvation. My God will hear me. And one of our very favorite scriptures, which we use frequently in this church, Isaiah 40, verse 31, says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Perhaps we have used this period of COVID to wait upon the Lord. The waiting upon the Lord that the Bible talks about is not passive waiting, sitting around doing nothing and twiddling of our thumbs. But it means being actively engaged with the spirit of truth helping us to process what we are going through. Being actively engaged with his word. Being actively engaged in planning things that give honor and glory to his name. And then when at the right time, the Lord renew our strength then we are able to mount up with the wings as eagles. Then we are able to run with an accelerated pace and not get weary. And then we will not faint when we encounter the issues of this world. The Lord is our joy. There's an old saying which we have heard many times that joy is not the absence of sorrow, but the presence of the Lord. And we all are familiar with the scripture, and also it was used last week by Pastor Pam in Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and drinks, and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
So our strength and joy is not because of what we are able to do, what we are able to gather, what we are able to accumulate, but our strength and joy springs from a deeper source which lives within us, which has been disposed by the spirit of truth, that even in the midst of a storm, we can sing hallelujah, our God reigns, because that joy arises from our God. We must see Pray that even as we go through the post-COVID process, the, this period we've gone through, it has been a painful process for some because a lot of people have lost jobs during this time. And some are asking, where is our God? Some have, have lost their businesses. Some have had their salaries reduced. And they are in a difficult position. But let us not lose hope. Let us go back to him and continue to trust in him, even in such a, a, a difficult time as this. <clears throat> Why we must build faith like others? If we look in the uh, Hall of Fame, Hall of, Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11, where all the heroes of faith are spoken about, if I look from chapter 35 to uh, 39, it says women received back their dead, raised to life again. They were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain an even better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. 38. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. These, verse 39, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what was promised. The reason why I say we must have the faith like these heroes of faith is that they believed God. Just like our father of faith, Abraham, he, he believed God. It was rendered unto him as righteousness. So we, we must believe God not because of the results. Most of us tend to say, when you say, I prayed for a car and I received for a car. So that's our measure of faith. To say, oh, he prayed for a car, now he has a car. Hallelujah. He has faith. But these heroes of faith believed God even unto the point of death. But yet, they did not receive what was promised. They continued to believe God. So our attitude should also be like the attitude of Daniel. Daniel said, when they were throwing there in the lions, he says, even if our God doesn't save us, I will go in there and continue to stand for him. So we must continue to stand on the promises of God until even we leave this place which we call home. So, we, we, so that we can be numbered amongst the heroes of faith. In this life, we have to constantly do a lot of forgetting what is behind. In Philippians 3, verse 13 to 14, uh, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind 
and reaching forth unto those things which are before me, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. We have to constantly forget. Perhaps what we dreamed of in 2010 didn't play out exactly as we want. There's a lot of need to forget. I heard some people saying, uh, I'm erasing the whole of 2020 because it never happened. So I am. But it did actually happen. It gave us a time to be in his presence, to reflect, to make fellowship with the Holy Spirit, to be taught the deeper things of God, to encounter other things as well. So we have to forget those challenges that we have encountered which are strictly behind us, and press on towards the mark of the high calling. Amen. How do we do that? One thing is we do like our Lord Jesus in Hebrews 12, verse, verse 1 to 2. It says, Wherefore we are also compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. We know for certain that our Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus just wake up and say, I feel like going to the cross, you can nail me now. It was a painful process. But he, he was able to endure because he looked at the ultimate result. The finished work of Calvary, which would usher the rest of in, us into his presence, which would permit us for our sins to be cleansed and be forgiven which would permit us to gain righteousness. So when we, he saw that result, he was able to endure the pain of the cross. It was not an easy journey. He said, Father, not my will, but your will. But he wanted that cup to pass because it was a painful exercise. This is how we must run as well. We must always fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. As we run, we must run with perseverance. Then we are able to conclude this race. If we do that, our Lord, as we know, he makes all things work together for good. A familiar scripture we use again in this church so many times, Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things, all things work together for good for them that love God to them who are called according to his purpose. So even, even the difficult circumstances we've been through through COVID, God can make them all work together for good because we love him. We love God. And we, are, we believe we are all called according to his purpose. If we are, you are not called according to his purpose, we will make sure at the end of this service you are called according to his purpose so that all things, even the bad things, can be made to work together for good. Amen. Amen. But for us to be able to continue to endure in this journey, we must remain connected to the vine. 
in the book of John, uh, chapter 15, verse 4, he says, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Even during this process which we are going through, it is important for us to always remain connected to the, to the vine. You and me have no option but to be fruitful. Fruitfulness in the kingdom is to make sure that his kingdom grows, his kingdom expands. We are adding constantly daily. We must become like the church of Acts where they constantly daily added more converts to, to, to there. It's not the purpose that we, for church, for us to gather together and just be comfortable and take care of us. A church is a living thing. One thing which distinguishes a living thing from a dead thing is growth. If there is no addition of membership, if there is no new Christians coming into the, you and me as the church there in the world, we are not bringing other people to, to the cross we are not doing uh, justice to what our Lord expects of us. Fruitfulness means growth, means addition. But it's because we are not fruitful because we are such excellent people. We are only fruitful because we are connected to the true vine. And the vine is what gives us fruitfulness. So remain in the vine and we must then manifest the fruits. The fruits must show that we are connected to the vine. Faith comes by hearing. In Romans 10, verse 17, it says, so, there, so then, faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Romans 10, 9 to 10, it says, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thy shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Most of us, we are making it too complicated for new people to come to the knowledge of Christ. We put a lot of stumbling blocks. You must stop sinning so that you will come to church. No, come as you are. Raw as you are. It is God who changes and cleanses people. It is God. And how can they hear the word if we don't permit them to come and hear the word? How can they grow faith? Faith even if it starts from a master's city to grow. They can only grow if they come and hear the word. So instead of putting stumbling blocks, let us help people to come to the living knowledge of the word of God. Just before I, I, I end this message, I would like also to look at people. You might have just bumped across this message in your YouTube or you know, Facebook and so on. And you don't know this Jesus. You don't know this word Habakkuk is talking about. is this joy which gives him a spring in his feet to be able to run like, like a deer. Which gives him hope and joy. And joy. You don't know that person and you want to come to that uh, living knowledge. You would like to establish diplomatic relations with the heaven at ambassadorial level. We would like to invite you during this time to be able to do that. And it's so simple and straightforward. You have heard the word 
and this is the word of truth, this is the gospel. They say the gospel is good news. Most of us are busy spreading so much bad news. People never get the chance to hear the good news which comes with the gospel. So we have spoken the gospel which is good news. Which now you have, you have faith growing in you. Now you want to, be, to partake in this. So it's a very simple and straightforward. If it is, that is you out there, I will ask you to bow your head and just pray with us and, uh, and follow after me as I pray these words. Father, I come before you. I thank you for the gospel of truth that I have listened to. I thank you for the gift of the word. Father, I thank you for the finished work of Calvary that I have had. I come to you as a sinner, and I confess that I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I come before you and confess that I am a sinner, but I need you to help me to come to the living knowledge of you. Therefore, like they say in Romans 10 verse 9, I am confessing with my mouth that Lord Jesus is Lord in my life. And I believe that with these words, I am going to be saved. For you say in your word that it is with the heart that men believeth unto righteousness, and it is with the mouth that confession is made unto salvation. So on this day, the 6th of September, I have made a confession unto salvation. Come into my life. Help me, help me start a new life and walk with you a life that is full of joy, that is pleasing to you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. If that is you, you can come, uh, you can put your name uh, even under this message if you need us to be able to follow up with you. But if you are far off from us, go to a Bible-believing church next to you and tell them that you are born again in the name of Jesus and you are ready to walk as a Christian. Congratulations, you are now a Christian in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen.